Hi, I'm Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today, we're going to build on our theme of becoming marriage ready. If you didn't catch last week's episode, I just encourage you to go back and listen to that. It lays a great foundation for principles that you can put into place, whether you've been married for many years or you're just preparing for marriage in the future. Before we dive into part two of becoming marriage ready, I wanted to remind you that we have some training opportunities coming up here in Windsor, Colorado at Ellerslie, our discipleship training school. There's a week-long program in late August that you can join us for. It's just a wonderful opportunity to come away from the distractions and busyness of your daily life and focus completely on Jesus Christ. And then if you're able to join us for a longer time, we have a five-week program starting in September. We would love to see you in Colorado this year at our beautiful Ellerslie campus and invest into your spiritual life. You can go to ellerslie.com, E-L-L-E-R-S-L-I-E.com to learn more about our training programs. So let's dive into becoming marriage ready. Last week, we talked about ways that you can prepare now with the relationships in your life if you're still single, things that will help you go the distance in marriage and keep your marriage centered upon Jesus Christ. I want to build upon that a little bit and go through several principles. Now, each one of these principles could certainly be an online course or an episode in themselves, so we're just going to touch on them. But there are things that we often don't think about when it comes to marriage, probably the number one aspect or number one key to having a Christ-centered marriage is to make Jesus Christ your first love. Now, I know I probably sound like a broken record because I have been talking about making Christ your first love for many, many years, and it's really the foundation of a successful Christian life and a successful marriage. I know I went through a season in my single years where Christ was not my first love. I would have said that He was my first love, but I really put my hope and my affection in relationships with the opposite sex or the hope of a relationship with a guy. And I, I kept telling myself, you know, I'll be fulfilled, I'll be happy once I meet my future husband, once we walk down the aisle and say, I do. And yet God was telling me that unless Jesus Christ was enough to fulfill fill me at the deepest levels of my soul before marriage, then I wouldn't be fulfilled in my marriage because I would always be looking to a human person to meet needs in my heart that only Jesus Christ could meet. And so whether you're married or single, putting Christ first in your heart, finding your fulfillment first and foremost in Him, your identity first and foremost in Him, is what allows you to be successful in marriage because you're not looking to the other person with unrealistic expectations, thinking, you know, unless you're a perfect picture of heavenly love to me all the time, 24 hours a day, I'm going to be frustrated. You're not fulfilling my dreams and my desires. Instead, going to the feet of Jesus and saying, Lord, even if every other relationship in my life were stripped away, you would be enough. You are the one who fulfills the longings of my heart, that you satisfy the longing soul, it says in the Psalms, and he is our all in all, the God of all comfort cultivating that relationship with Him every single day, sitting at His feet, hearing His Word as Mary did, diving into the Word of God, pouring out our heart to Him. I love doing prayer walks. I love journaling my thoughts and my prayers to Him and just being very purposeful about keeping Him first place and spending time with Him every single day. The secret to success in marriage is actually simpler than most of us realize, and it's something that we can do even before we walk down the aisle and say, I do. All the relationship advice in the world cannot compare to the singular principle of giving Christ first place in our hearts, 
our earthly marriages are only meant to be a shadow of a far more important love story, and that is our relationship with our heavenly bridegroom, Jesus Christ. In fact, I've told this story before, but I remember some young people coming to Eric and I about 10 or 12 years into our marriage, and they said, you know, we're we're hearing, we heard our whole life that we should wait and save ourselves for our future spouse, and now that we're getting to be marriageable age, a lot of Christians are telling us not to get our hopes or expectations too high for marriage, and and they said, you know, marriage really isn't that great. Well, in their earlier life, when they were growing up, they were always told that if they waited and did things God's way, they would have a beautiful marriage. And now they're being told, you know, don't put too much hope and expectation in your marriage. You're going to eventually wake up one day, look across the table from your spouse and wish you were married to someone else. Well, I can definitely say that that has never happened to Eric and I. We have not in 26 years of marriage ever wished that we were married to someone else. But about 10 to 12 years into our marriage, when these young people came and asked us, they said, okay, which is it? Do you really get a more beautiful version of marriage if you wait and if you do things God's way, why are people telling us not to put our hopes and expectations in our future marriage relationship? Why has your marriage stayed strong when so many Christians tell us that marriage erodes over time. And we took a look at our marriage and, and we realized, you know, we really have grown more and more strong in our marriage every single year. Why is that the case? It didn't really have anything to do with the fact that we were brilliant in marriage. It was the fact that we kept Jesus Christ in his rightful place. We were both individually and still are very purposeful about keeping our individual relationship with Jesus Christ strong and thriving. People often say that dating around is good preparation for marriage, but honestly, dating around really just sets you up for divorce because it cultivates a temporary relationship mentality. I know when I was hopping into one temporary relationship, temporary fling after the next, I felt like I just kept getting my heart broken time and time again, and it cultivated this idea that you can just try someone out, see how it works, dump them, go find someone better, and that's really not preparing you for a lifelong marriage covenant that is broken only by death. The very best preparation for marriage is building your life around Jesus Christ and finding fulfillment in Him, and not dating around, not giving your heart to one person after the next, but saying, Lord, I trust you in this area of my life, and meanwhile, you are enough to fill the deepest longings of my heart and my mind and my soul. If you have that mentality that Jesus Christ is enough for you now, you won't be tempted to just jump into temporary flings just to find that short-term fulfillment. And you won't be putting unhealthy expectations on your spouse to meet needs in your heart that only Jesus Christ can meet. As Corey Ten Boom said in her book, Tramp for the Lord, marriage is not the answer to unhappiness. Happiness is found only in a balanced relationship with the Lord Jesus. When your life is hid with Christ in God, you can be happy with or without a husband secure in Christ alone. And there are so many stories throughout Christian history, Sabina Wormbrand, Elizabeth Elliot, m- women who were married but sacrificed that comfortable life of happiness and fulfillment with their spouse for the glory of God, putting Jesus Christ first and God so met their needs and was so faithful to them because they put him in his rightful place. And so some of the ways to cultivate this this relationship with Christ, make him your first love, is to, as I said earlier, sit at his feet daily, spend time with him. As A.W. Tozer said, the one who would know God must give time to him. So looking at the example of Christ when he was here on this earth, how he went away to a mountain to pray, to be alone with the Father, he put such a high priority on that in the midst of such a busy, intense ministry. 
And so as Corey Ten Boom says, don't pray when you feel like it, have an appointment with the Lord and keep it. And what great advice when we're seeking to make Jesus Christ our first love, not, not to base it on emotion or if we happen to have time or if it happens to be convenient for us, but to make him truly practically a high, high, high priority in every single day. Another key principle in becoming marriage ready is to cultivate tensile strength. Tensile strength refers to the measurement of pressure that something like a rope can take before it snaps. And if you build up your tensile strength, then you're able to withstand and weather the storms of daily life without cracking or without it eroding your marriage. Despite our fairy tale ideals about what marriage is going to be like, a lot of times once we say I do, we are really not prepared for the very real world challenges of life that we face. Marriage can definitely be beautiful, but we're ignorant if we think that we're going to avoid all trials and all difficulties along the way and just live in a perfect picture, bubble, fairy tale. Trials can either tear a marriage down or build it stronger. It all depends on how we respond. The good news is that we can actually train for trials ahead of time, just like an athlete prepares for the Olympics. And so cultivating tensile strength is one of the key ways to do that. Looking for those challenges in your life, instead of trying to avoid difficulty, embrace difficulty and say, Lord, build me strong through this challenge. Marriage is not easy. It is beautiful, but it is also challenging. And if you've never cultivated that fortitude, that strength of soul where you can withstand discipline appointments and failures and heartache without crumbling, you're not going to be ready for marriage challenges. So again, look at your current challenges in life and embrace them and ask God to build tensile strength in you through them. Look at those things as opportunities for spiritual growth. And if you are already married, it's a great opportunity to let those challenges draw you closer to your spouse. Instead of complaining about your circumstances, ask what God wants to teach you through the experience. Begin to pray together with your spouse for victory in whatever area you're struggling with and ask him for the grace to embrace and welcome that opportunity for spiritual growth that he's brought into your life. There are so many examples in Christian history of couples that that went through the fire together and were stronger because of it. Richard and Sabina Wormbrand suffered greatly. They, they didn't even know if the other person was dead or alive for about 10 years of their marriage, but because they kept Christ at the center, because they rose up to meet those challenges in the strength of God rather than shied away from them, their marriage was stronger than it had ever been when God finally reunited them. And there are so many other amazing examples. Going through the fire together with your spouse, it's kind of like being in a foxhole with a soul during a war. You share something that very few other people can relate to. There's an intensity and a, a, just a struggle that you go through that the other person can really deeply understand because they're walking through the same struggle. So for Eric and I, it is because of the struggles that we've walked through together that our marriage has continued to thrive over 25, 26 years together. Another key principle is to choose truth over emotion. Again, this is something we've talked about in other podcasts, but it is so applicable to marriage because we live in a culture that is always telling us to follow our heart. When we allow our emotions to take the lead, we set ourselves up for failure because if marriage is truly going to succeed, our emotions have to become submitted to the Spirit of God, His will, His agenda, His purpose, and His direction. And so when we follow our heart, this is what crumbles a marriage very 
very quickly. It's what leads women to throw feminine mystery to the wind. Hey, I just want to get a guy's attention, so I'm going to use sensuality and throw all dignity out the window in order to solve that desire of my heart. It's what leads married women to become discontent in their marriages. My heart is telling me that my husband needs to be more like this perfect man in the novel that I'm reading, and I'm going to frustrate and nag him until I can make him and manipulate him into what I want him to be. It's what leads us as moms to scream and yell at our children or storm out of the room when our husband frustrates us or vent all of our frustrations to our girlfriends or on social media. We're just following our heart. We're following what our emotions are telling us to do. It's even what leads women to be unfaithful in marriage, believing that their feelings are so strong towards another man that they have no choice but to act upon those feelings. So you can see how dangerous it is to have this just follow your heart, let your emotions lead you mentality. It can really crumble a marriage. As Elizabeth Elliot says, obedience to God is always possible. It is a deadly error to fall into the notion that when feelings are extremely strong, we can do nothing but act on them. And of course, it says in Proverbs 28, 26, that he who trusts in his own heart is a fool. So as women, we have to surrender our feelings and our emotions to the Spirit of God and let Him work that godly self-control within us. Some of the practical ways that you can start applying this principle right now is to look at how you respond in situations where you're tempted to react emotionally, instead of asking that question, okay, what are my emotions telling me that I need to think and feel and do right now? Go to the Word of God and say, okay, what does God say? What does truth say? And learn how to speak God's reality over your life, not just what your emotions are saying. What does God say? And so an example of this might be your emotions are telling you, I can't handle this. It's too much for me. I'm overwhelmed. But the Word of God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And there are loads of other examples throughout our day where we are tempted to just spew out an emotional statement versus going to the Word of God and saying, no, I'm going to speak and and live out God's reality by the grace of God. So again, choose truth over emotion and look for ways you can start to put that into practice in your daily life right now. And another key principle is to keep a surrendered heart. We talked about this in the last episode, but what an important principle. It's one thing to offer our time and our money and our future to God, but when it comes to our romantic dreams, we so often cling to those things with with a death grip. We do not want to let go of our own dreams or desire. Christianity begins, and that's where marriage success really begins. Our desire for marriage is no exception to God's call to surrender. So let's not fall for those ear-tickling messages that don't require true abandonment to the one who gave his very life for us. He took up his cross and he asks us to do the same. On the other side of surrender, we will find the greatest joy. I've shared on this podcast before, there's some great examples of that surrendered attitude. Oswald and Biddy Chamber are a couple in history that are, would be great ones to study. Reese and Elizabeth Howells, Jim and Elizabeth Elliot, Richard and Sabina Wormbrandt. If you want a vision for what that surrender looks like, study the lives of these couples because what you'll see is not only a Christ-centered marriage, but a very, very happy and fulfilled life, even though they went through hard things, even though they had to give up dreams and desires and their own plans. 
So those are some principles that you can begin to apply, whether you're married or single, to begin to lay your dreams at the feet of Jesus and by his grace, begin to approach relationships for his glory and not your own selfishness. And that is when you're going to discover the secret to true marriage success. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into becoming marriage ready, go to setapartgirl.com and look in the online mentoring program or on our list of courses, and you can take our course called Becoming Marriage Ready, which goes a lot deeper into these principles. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week happiness in that area of your life than you do in Jesus Christ. Now, of course, it's not wrong for a human relationship, love story, to bring us a certain level of happiness and, and comfort in our life because that's what God designed us for. But Jesus Christ always must remain our deepest source of satisfaction. So a great way to determine whether you're truly surrendered, whether you're truly finding your fulfillment in Christ, is to ask that question, if this relationship or this romantic dream were stripped away from me, would Jesus Christ be enough? And a lot of times when we're single, God has to bring us to that place where Jesus is enough and we've completely surrendered our hopes of marriage to Him before He can really write a beautiful, healthy, Christ-centered love story in our life. Now, of course, God puts a very high value on marriage. It was His idea in the first place, and most of us are called to be married. There's definitely nothing wrong with desiring to be married or preparing for marriage or taking steps towards a romantic relationship with someone if God leads. The problem is when we place those dreams on a pedestal and we put our contentment on hold until that season of life finally comes. So if marriage or the hope of marriage has claimed more of your affection and focus than Christ, ask God to change your heart. Freshly surrender this area of your life to Him. And remember, that the deepest source of fulfillment is truly found in Him. There is no better place for your most precious dreams than at the nail-scarred feet that were pierced for you. So going through a quick recap, I've thrown a lot of principles out there today, but these are just tidbits, nuggets of truth that you can take with you into your daily life, whether you're married or single. Make Christ your first love. That is so important in preparing for a Christ-centered marriage, and it's so much more effective than just dating around and trying one relationship after the next. Another key principle that we talked about is to cultivate tensile strength, allowing God to use the challenges you're facing right now to build you stronger and lead you closer to Him. And one of the, the things I love to do when it comes to tensile strength is to read stories throughout history of Christians who have suffered because it shows what the enabling grace of God can do, how it built them strong. didn't mean it was easy, but it built them strong in Jesus Christ. So if you feel weak in the area of tensile strength, that's one thing that you can do right now. And also ask God for the grace to embrace and grow through the challenges that you're facing in your life right now. Another key that we talked about is choosing truth over emotion. Instead of just following your heart and letting your emotions lead you, go to the word of God, go to the nature of God and say, what does truth say? I want to build my words and my actions according to God's truth and not just my own emotions and desires. And then finally, keep a surrendered heart. Lay those dreams and hopes and expectations on the altar and know that the one who gave everything just to redeem you can take care of your future far better than you ever could. He cares more about this life than you could ever hope or imagine. So whether you are married or single, keeping that surrendered heart and putting him in his rightful place is always the path to true success. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into building a Christ-centered marriage, I would encourage you to look at the many articles that we have at setapartgirl.com. 
You can also subscribe to our magazine, which is a quarterly print magazine, and we often have really powerful and practical articles on building a Christ-centered marriage. We also have an online mentoring program at setapartgirl.com where there are courses that you can take on making this the reality of your life, all of the principles that we've talked about today. So I hope those resources will be helpful to you. I pray that you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.